3: From the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not running for president in 2024. No way I would never pass the background check, let's be honest. But Michelle Obama isn't running either, but that won't stop the media from speculating. That she's going to jump into the race. The media is a bunch of losers. This, of course, only happening because just 31% of Democrats want Joe Biden to run again. And the only person they like less than Biden is Kamala.
4: Kamala's awful with her weird laugh.
5: (laughs) Ha
3: ha! We're going to discuss it with a woman everybody likes. I'm talking about outnumbered co-host Emily Campagna, who's going to be joining us in studio. (laughs) figured you'd like that and uh, arizona representative andy biggs from the fighting fifth stops by to discuss crime and non-punishment because of more woke policing initiatives everything woke turns to really does 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of the show a show with one rule i say it every day you can sing along at home in the car In the cubicle, in the meth lab, wherever you listen to the show, you know we have one rule, man. We don't care. We're not activists. I'm a talk show host. You could be a Republican on the show. You could be a Democrat. You could be a libertarian. Anything. Independent. We don't care. All we ask is that you don't be a There it is. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Uh, I was on Fox & Friends this morning uh, with the great Brian Kilmeade, who is, of course, my lead-in here on Fox News Radio. And uh, we were discussing Kamala Harris, which we'll get to in a minute. And uh, a new documentary that I am fronting on Fox Nation. Uh, you would know that from watching the commercials because I'm not actually in any of the commercials for the documentary I'm hosting. That's just how white folks will do it. Ah, <laughs> That's how they did me. Uh, but it's called The Death of Hollywood. And Kilmeade and I were talking about it while simultaneously discussing what seems to be the death of Kamala Harris's political career in real time. I agree with that. Okay, let me start here. Okay, here's a clip from Kamala yesterday that's just really an encapsulation of her entire time in the public eye since she left the Senate and made a run for the White House. She's a very inauthentic person. And, you know, I'm kind of like a really low-rent psychologist in that I spent a lot of time driving a taxi in New York City. And people use you in a taxi as affordable therapy. They get in. They know they're never going to see you again. And they dump all of their you know, conspiracy theories and relationship problems and anything in between they've ever wanted to say to another person but didn't want to actually say it for fear that you might run into them again and it would be awkward. Well, they get into a cab. They know they're never going to see you again, so they dump every one of their fetishes onto you. And lo and behold, by the way, you do wind up seeing some of them again.
2: This could be a problem.
3: <laughs> like, well, good morning, cowboy. Uh, you're still doing that thing with the uh, – Viking helmet, you know? You
6: are a sad, strange little man.
3: <laughs> you do see him from time to time. But the point is, people get into your cab, and they do use you as a therapist. They'll actually, the way it goes down, it's so funny because you always know it's coming. Somebody will get in and be like, I'm going to 38th and 5th. And then they'll, I'll be like, all right, thanks. And they'll go, so how's your day going? And I'll be like, ah, not bad. You? Funny, you should ask. And then they just launch into it. Well, in any event, I've listened and psychoanalyzed so many people And I don't think you need my background as a cab driver to know when someone's being inauthentic. Kamala Harris's biggest problem is that she's really not comfortable in her own skin. And the Democrats knew this. She ran for president as a Democrat, as a Democrat, and was polling at 1% with Democrats. Before the voting even started, she dropped out of the race. Get her out. Get her out of here. That's what Democrats said. So this is not something you attribute to some, like, Fox News right-wing white guy. Who's just threatened by a strong black woman. Kamala Harris is not a strong black woman. I agree with that. Kamala Harris, for all intents and purposes, I wish her no ill will, but she's a clown. (coughs) But here she is yesterday in another public facing event where they're discussing climate change. And she tells this, you know, glaringly untrue story about how she went home to her mommy as a kid and asked why conservatives were bad, because she thought conservation was good. and you know.
4: She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind.
3: So here is Kamala, okay, in Arvada, Colorado, making up a story about her mom. It's clip 20.
1: I went home one day and I said, well, what's... Why are conservatives bad, Mommy? Because I thought we were supposed to conserve things. <laughs> I couldn't reconcile it. Now I can. <laughs> are you stupid or something?
2: <laughs> you must have got manure for
3: your brains. Seriously, what do you even do with that? When I was a little kid, I went home and I... ha ha ha! And I was like, mommy, why are conservatives bad? (laughs) It's like Joaquin Phoenix in The Joker. I was saying this to kill me this morning. Is it not crazy to look out at the world you're living in and know that vice president of the United States is the only job you'd get hired for if you laughed for no reason in the middle of a conversation? Imagine, you, well, you wanted to be the gas station attendant. It's a fun gig. You get to sell the scratch-offs, move a lot of energy drinks, you know, heat up a c- couple of odd, oddly cooked and prepared hot dogs. Whatever you do as a gas station attendant, I don't know, okay? Fun job, though. I always enjoy talking to them. They see a lot of things. They're like cabbies without the driving. I've always enjoyed a good gas station attendant. But would you honestly hire a gas station attendant, okay, to represent your gas station? She walked in, and you're like, hi, you here for the job? I am. (laughs) Ha, 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 Do you have any Venn diagrams? I just love a big yellow school bus. All these weird things she volunteers in conversation, and it's the end result of her being really uncomfortable in her own skin. So you always see an emotion that doesn't match the moment. That's how you diagnose such a thing. We've seen a hundred clips. Every time I'm on Hannity, the lead-in is some weird clip of Kamala lending an incongruent cackle to a situation that doesn't require it. And there's something off-putting about it. There's something unnerving about it. You wouldn't hire that babysitter. Yeah, so we're going to go to dinner and a movie. uh, And what are you going to do? I'm going to make the kids popcorn and ha-ha-ha! And I'm going to keep them really safe. Don't you worry. Ha-ha! And the parents are going to be like, you know what? Uh, we're going to stay home tonight. No babysitter needed. Don't worry. But we got this ourselves. We're actually, we're actually going to leave the kids. Uh, we're going to babysit them with a, a bottle of whiskey, a wad of cash, and some firearms. They'll be, you know, just let them, we feel safer. You know, that's the point. She's a sociopath. And that's why you're getting articles like the Dead End article I'm about to share with you about Michelle Obama running again. If not running again, but they're bringing up the idea of her running again. Okay, Michelle Obama, every time the Democrats are painted into a corner, they're like, oh, well, you know, Michelle Obama could run. She'd win this thing going away. No, she wouldn't. I have nothing bad to say about Michelle Obama, but what can she lend to this country in the way of leadership that's actually some type of credential other than making hundreds of millions of dollars as a former first lady and claiming that she's oppressed? in this country
2: sell crazy someplace else we're all stocked up here
3: michelle obama is seriously she's she's Meghan markle if her husband had better credentials that's who she is i wish her no ill will but michelle obama has used her platform at every turn to sell you victimhood oh i felt invisible as a black woman in this country don't you hate it when you're so invisible that you make $100 million selling a book. It sucks. When are people just going to take notice of Michelle Obama? So number one, she's obviously a scam. And she's gaslighting the country on race as she did the entire Trump presidency, as she's done in the aftermath of any controversial police interaction where we denied police the benefit of the doubt, ultimately lending more credence to these lunatics that want to wage a rhetorical war and, in some cases, a physical war on the cops, thus in the process endangering a lot of black Americans. In the name of scoring political points, she has done that. Michelle Obama has no credential. Her only credential, are you ready for it, is that the Democrats— have nobody
2: what can i tell you kid you're right When you're right you're right you're right
3: so they float this eye. oh michelle obama's gonna run i'm telling you could see it this is the article it's in politico today okay but let's start here okay first of all she doesn't want to run she wants nothing to do with retail politics the obamas are living a life of spectacular prosperity like you know driving around on david geffen's yacht hanging out with bono and bruce springsteen Wind surfing, kite surfing, the other side of the world. Okay, the Obamas are so rich, they're using people as furniture. They actually bring in like a family and just make them get on all fours. You sit on their backs. Hey, could you stiffen your spine a little bit? I need a little more lumbar support here for myself. Okay, they don't want to hang out with the little people. They don't go anywhere near the little people. That's why the first thing he did post-presidency was declare to the world that, yeah, we'll put the presidential library in a nice part of Chicago, but we ain't moving there. Hell no! We've got so much rising sea level. This climate change is such a problem. Actually, what we're going to do is we're going to go build two beachfront mansions. One in Martha's Vineyard, the other one out in Hawaii. Don't be thick, all right? But that's what they did. That's the fraud of the Obamas. But the point is they don't want to be around the little people. Yeah, they'll show up once in a while and do Ellen. People scream and yell and you get kept away from them because they don't want to go anywhere near you because you're poor. They don't hang out with the poor. They don't hang out with the commoners. They're the elites. That's who they want to be, number one. Number two, here's one for you. Michelle Obama couldn't win the presidency anyway. Because all of those fat little kids she took school french fries away from all the way back in 2008 are now old enough to vote. And guess what? Fat little kids don't forgive stolen french fries from the first lady. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But if you wanted to take it even further, okay, here is Michelle Obama asked about this four months ago in an interview. She wants no part of running for president, but this keeps coming up. This is the BBC talking to her in November, clip eight.
0: Which question do you detest being asked? Uh, Are you going to run for president? Okay. Answer? I detest it. No, I'm not. I'm
2: not going to run.
3: (laughs) Good for her. And you want to know something? She's not going to run. One, she doesn't want to. Okay. Two, she wouldn't win. That's true. That is true. Wouldn't win. Okay. This is all a fantasy. The Democrats are desperate for a star right now because they've got a president in Joe Biden that nobody, and I mean literally nobody, wants this guy to run again. Come on, man. 31 percent, 31 percent of the Democratic Party wants to see Joe Biden on the ticket. Biden sucks. Okay, but you understand he doesn't suck as worse as Kamala Harris which is why you see these dopey articles. Douglas McKinnon, out with a piece in the Hill. Do Democrats need a past superstar to hold the White House in 2024? McKinnon notes that former First Lady Michelle Obama could emerge as that superstar candidate as she extremely popular among Democratic voters. You know what else is popular amongst Democratic voters? Taking little kids to drag shows. (laughs) Here's a newsflash. Not popular with the rest of the country. McKinnon also brought up three other failed Democratic presidential candidates, meaning Al Gore, John Kerry, and Hillary Clinton as candidates who could jump into the ring.
4: I don't feel no ways
3: tired. But why are you going backwards as a party? Why are you having this conversation? Why are you floating pipe dreams? Okay, according to him, it's a list that may say more about Democrats lacking a deep bench of proven talent when it comes to the recent past. And it is a list that poses many other obvious problems, too. Yes, like the, the fact that nobody wanted Al Gore, John Kerry, or Hillary Clinton to be president in the past. Okay, and you know who doesn't want Michelle Obama to be president in the future? Are you ready for it? Michelle Obama. You know who else doesn't want her to be president in the future? The rest of the country. So when you start to hear things like this, like could be Michelle if Biden doesn't run. No, it could be Al Gore, you know, or maybe John Kerry, who's out there lecturing everybody about climate change every day. Money, 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 money. That's all they want. They want cash. OK, but the reason you're going to continue to hear these puff pieces about imaginary presidential candidates is because Kamala Harris. Are you ready for it? She Sucks.
7: Ah, you have a good eye, my
2: man. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
6: I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience.
5: Hey, folks, it's your man Keyshawn Johnson here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest. From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services.
3: It is Fox across America with Jimmy Bala. 888 788 9910. If you want a part of this shindig, we we're talking about Kamala and the lack of options the Democrats have heading into 2024. One of the reasons Michelle Obama's name is being bandied about. Jeff is in Louisville, Kentucky. He knows things. Yo, Jeff. Good morning, sir. My man. Uh, just to be clear, you're driving, you're not on the Bourbon Trail right now, correct?
0: I actually just finished a 11 and a half hour shift and I'm going home.
3: Uh, good for you, my man. I just wanted to qualify your analysis because we certainly would have taken it if you were on the bourbon trail. We just want to qualify it for the listener. Uh, but what do you do for 11 and a half hours?
0: Well, I'm actually retired military, and I drive uh, a truck now delivering, delivering supplies to hospitals.
3: Oh, wow. Good for you, man. Um, would I enjoy that job as an ex-cab driver? Because I've always told Jenny my fantasy life is being like a trucker or a delivery guy so I can get back on the road.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it kills the time.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One way of looking at it. Um, well, listen, I spent enough time driving in New York City traffic that I wanted to kill myself. So killing the time doesn't sound so dangerous. Um, well. Go ahead.
0: Every time I listen to her laugh, I want to kill myself. <laughs> oh, no! Worse worse. <laughs> you know, I go back to the vice presidential debate when she had with Vice President Mike Pence. And uh-huh. she took a like Pence in regards to how the country ran out of toilet paper under his watch. Mm-hmm. Okay. What has she done in two in, in the two years that she's been in there? Oh, wait, no. I mean, nothing. she's done nothing on the border. She's ignored it. I mean, I hate to say it, she's collecting a paycheck for doing nothing.
3: Yeah, she does nothing. Like, you worked an 11-and-a-half-hour shift. She has not worked 11-and-a-half hours since she got the gig. It's, you know, weird photo ops. She went down, if you remember, to the Northern Triangle and announced that to deal with the border crisis. They were going to conduct a study on the root causes of immigration, which they ultimately blamed on climate change. Could you imagine? <laughs>
0: now, talk about your climate change real quick. huh. Okay, so— the trucking industry made a major jump a few years ago when a lot of these trucking companies have started, decided to go to uh, natural gas vehicles to get away from the diesel vehicles. Uh-huh. So now we're being told that you better get ready to go to battery-operated vehicles, which is going to cost over a million dollars per truck. Jeez, That's nuts. Okay. And you're only going to have about maybe a six and a half hour run time on a full battery charge. So what are you supposed to do? I I was
2: going to say,
3: how is anything going to get anywhere?
0: Okay. And not to mention, let's talk about the East Coast and the West Coast and the Gulf of Mexico. You have all these ports of entry for shipping containers. How are these ships going to be allowed into places like California, who's now, you know, they're not allowing any type of, you know, diesel or gas vehicles after what year is it?
3: Yeah. 35. how,
0: how, How do you allow the ships into the ports?
3: Yeah, it doesn't make sense. The point is they, they're regulating industries in the name of climate change, but they don't understand the industries and the economic consequences it's going to have on the quality of everything. You know, the only hope is that there's a real pushback coming before they really just cripple, you know, our actual chain of distribution, our supply chain. But, Jeff, listen, your shift is over. I'm going to commercial break. Thanks for picking up part of my shift, brother. I appreciate it. We'll se- thank you. We'll send you an overtime check. There goes Jeff. Who summed it up very succinctly when he basically said,
0: "We have people in Washington that
6: don't know what they're doing."
3: It is Fox Across America. Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, eight eight eight. we're talking about 2024 right now roseanne is out in beaver county pennsylvania yo roseanne
4: hey jimmy thanks for taking my call
3: of course girlfriend i I know it was you you had two options either talk to me or clean up a train wreck down the road
4: that's right too my brother's 1.9 miles from that thing right across the highway in pennsylvania that
3: is crazy is everybody doing okay
4: Yeah, he doesn't think it's a big deal.
3: Ooh, okay. Well, listen.
4: I don't know. So now it's out there. Everybody knows my brother thinks it's not a big deal to him. Well, that's
3: funny. I will tell you, I was coming back from uh, Seattle over the weekend. And I had a connecting flight in Chicago, and I spent three hours at a bar with a guy from East Palestine who had just retired there, uh, oh, wow. which is so crazy And he retired there because it was affordable, and he thought it was going to be uneventful, and he just wanted to be off the grid. <laughs> He's like, I've been there 10 days, and I'm leaving. <laughs> so I don't know.
4: He brought the drama with him.
3: Yeah, I blame this guy, as a matter of fact. I got I to gotta call up that airport bar. I think I think we know who our culprit is here. Um,
4: there you go. So let's, yeah.
3: let's talk. Talk 2024. Now that we've ruined that guy's presidential campaign, who's running?
4: Well, your producer, did he tell you what I wanted to say?
3: Oh, no. Give it to me. Oh, he
4: didn't? Okay. You're talking about nobody, no good candidates for the Democrat. They keep scraping the bottom of the barrel and such. Mm -hmm. Any truth to the rumor that I heard over the weekend, one of his sons is talking about running.
3: Oh, Robert RFK Jr.?
4: I don't know. I don't know which one it was. Oh. And I I failed to read up on it, but since well, you were talking about it, I thought I'd give you some well, listen, fuel if, there and
3: If there's if there's ever a show where you don't have to feel bad about failing to read up, it's me, it's this one. You'll you'll fit in. Yeah. You'll fit in just fine with the host. Um I listen, the truth is the reason they keep bringing up big names like a Hillary is because of fundraising. A Hillary or a Michelle Obama. She's
4: too old. Well Don Lemon said she's old. She, she, she <laughs> she's run. past
3: her prime. That's funny. She well,
4: passed her prime. I can't believe none of you said that whenever that all came up. What about Hillary? <laughs> he was-
3: well, here's the truth. <laughs> they, right? Yeah, no, you're spot on. They, they, they talk about, you know, big names because you can't do this in the Democratic Party without Major League Fundraising. And they need a big name, like if Biden drops out, uh, because there's going to be a money vacuum and they're going to have a shorter runway than they traditionally would. But here's my guess. This is all I really know for certain, Roseanne. Behind the scenes, the Gavin Newsom's of the world, the Pete Booty judges of the world, the Hillary Clinton's of the world, and to some Ah. extent, the Kamala Harris's of the world. Are making preparations to run on the off chance Biden doesn't, and that, that uh. doesn't—that doesn't mean he's not gonna. It just means that knowing he's 80 years old, anything could happen, and that he's not terribly popular. These people all want to be president, so they never stop prepping for the gig. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah. Gag so, okay, me.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like you're like. How about we go back to that train wreck instead? That was more pleasant. Um <laughs> hey,
4: that's- B- better, better information there. Then we, then we might get Pete Buttigieg or Pete Buttwipe, as I call him, back oh, there.
3: Well, listen, it's one of the nicer things the people from your area have said about him in the past month, so we won't hold it against you. <laughs> uh, Roseanne, I love talking to you, girlfriend. Let's do it again soon, okay?
4: Okay, love
3: you. You too. See you soon. There she goes, the great Roseanne in Beaver County, Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, there's so many names bandied about. You know, I heard Newsom last week again. And here's the truth. Gavin Newsom absolutely, positively wants to run for president. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's why he was picking so many fights with Ron DeSantis. But they ultimately didn't end well for him. Because as I say all the time, you are what your record says you are. Okay? Gavin Newsom's record says more people are moving out of his state than anywhere else in the country. Ron DeSantis' record Says more people from California are moving into his state than anywhere else in the country. So it's like, how do you make the argument that you're doing a better job with your state when all the people in your state are moving to his state? Okay. And everybody says, well, well they moved to, you know, they moved to Florida because of the weather. They've got that warm year round weather. Folks, last I checked, California's, you know, not exactly freezing right now. I think he's got a part. Don't get me wrong. Northeast California got plenty of snow. I drove through it. But let's not pretend California, Southern California, it rains once every four years, you know, is, uh, you know, putting on a lift ticket right now. Yes, there are cold areas of California, but the climates are very comparable one way or the other. The point is people are moving to Florida Because they have lower taxes, they have lower crime, and they have lower interference from the government. mundo. But, you know, whether or not Newsom gets in, we don't know. DeSantis is getting in 1,000 million billion trillion percent. Like the guy is going to run. Bingo. Okay, that's coming. He's going to finish the legislative session because they have a supermajority. And he's going to be able to point to more substantial changes, a bigger impact that he's made on his state and how his state goes forward with or without him as governor. And he's, you know, smartly, in my opinion, building his case while in office, taking advantage of the fact that he has a state to govern. You know, Gavin Newsom can't really do that. What's he going to say? Oh, we gave more money to junkies. Hey do you guys like stepping in human poo? <laughs> California has a state, you know, what could he say? It's a mess out there in California. You know, a lot of those big cities. Disgusting. I mean, if you were in the Crest Theater Saturday night watching me do stand-up, all was right with the world. We had a great time out in Sacramento. It was a gorgeous theater. And I genuinely like Sacramento, but Sacramento is a Long difference from, say, San Francisco, which is, again, the world's largest outdoor restroom. It's disgusting. Okay. But we're talking about people who are in the race. Okay. And we were told by Jill Biden that Nikki Haley, who is in the race, has no business asking her husband or anyone over 75 to take a cognitive exam. That's what she said yesterday, okay? She was talking to CNN, and the, you know, the claim there was, not nah, no, nah, Joe Biden is sharp as a tack. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. That was the claim. I played you the clip yesterday. Why not play it again today? It's clip six.
8: Nikki Haley, one of the Republican candidates, is calling for mental competency tests for those politicians over the age of 75. What
7: do it's you think ridiculous. about that? Ridiculous. Would your husband ever take one of those? <laughs> I mean, we haven't even discussed, we would never even discuss something like that.
3: <laughs> Come on, that's ridiculous. Why would Nikki Haley say that? Biden's lost his marbles. Here's Biden, the man who should never have to take a cognitive exam. The man whose family has never even once considered... The idea of making him take a cognitive exam. Now, why would you? I mean, why make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the the, the phone. Now, come on. This is a sharp guy. You've all seen him on the stump. The guy who shakes hands with invisible people and takes more time to leave a speech than he does to give one because he forgets where he's going. How dare you even insinuate? that we might want to check on this man's mental competency.
2: You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh,
3: Here is Biden yesterday, okay, talking about, I guess he was trying to diagnose himself with migraines or something, uh, and he kind of forgets what he was talking about, clip five.
2: And I had uh, these terrible headaches, was diagnosed with having a... a uh, anyway... They had to take the top of my head off a couple of times times, <laughs> see if I had a brain.
7: This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup.
3: He starts a lot of sentences that he can't finish. It's really a weird, hard thing to watch. And I don't take any joy in telling you that. But Jill Biden, who is kind of your de facto president, it's her and a shadow committee of people who have access to Joe calling shots day in and day out. Jill Biden tells CNN, oh, no, Biden's energy level is great. Look at him. It's clip seven.
7: I say, look at what he's done. You know, look at what he's doing. Look at how, um, physically, he's got the good bill of health from the doctors through his physicals. But how many 30-year-olds could travel to Poland, get on the train, go nine more hours, go to Ukraine, meet with President Zelensky? His energy level, his level of passion. So look at the man. Look what he's doing. Look what he continues to do each and every day. And make your decision. It's up to the American people.
5: Oh, shut up, woman.
3: (laughs) How many 30-year-olds could travel to Poland, get on a train, take it nine hours? um, All of them? What are you talking about? His energy level, his level of passion is what she says. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Dude, the man is making up words. Joe Biden is the only president in the history of the United States that has made a sign language interpreter shrug. <laughs> shrug. I don't know if that's not a word. Tell me what sign you made for this. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. <laughs> the, you know what sign the sign language interpreter made he pulled a flask out of his sport coat and took a long pull of whiskey that's what he did
1: we have a president that is clearly not all there
3: and you know they're in a desperate spot not just because they're talking about old people you know former candidates who could raise money like a hillary or a john kerry or a michelle obama who again is no way in hell going to run
5: tell them like it is
3: okay but you can tell they're desperate because of how vicious their attacks are already getting. Ron DeSantis isn't even on the ballot yet. Here is Michael Beschloss. He's an MSNBC historian. He's a presidential historian. Okay, he has a side hustle as a presidential historian. His full-time occupation is clown. Okay, Michael Beschloss, if you remember, when Trump got caught with classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, he was the guy who tweeted a picture of the Rosenbergs. The couple that was es- executed for espionage back in the 50s. Okay, he tweeted a picture of the Rosenbergs and suggested Trump should be, you know, executed for having classified documents as an ex president. Lo and behold, we come to find out a few weeks later, Biden had those documents too. Oh! Did Michael Beschloss take down the Trump tweet? The answer would be no. I don't know. Did he suggest Biden should be executed? No. The answer would be no. No, he's a clown. But the point is they trot these people out on MSNBC to tell you Republicans are Hitler and fascist and the devil and they want to spark hate and beat up your trans children and deny black people the right to vote. It's Nazi Germany. It's disgusting. But the reason they go to this level of attack Is they don't want to fight the idea battle. To Democrats, politics is about defining your opponent. Convince people the opponent is a racist. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Seriously. That's what they convince them they're racist. Convince them they're a misogynist. Convince them they're transphobic. And that's what they run on. They don't want to discuss the ideas. They just want to sell white liberal elites. Who I mean, I live in New York, you the imagine of self-hate and self-loathing amongst white liberals in this city. I told you, there's a whole there are millions of people in this country that hate conservatives so they don't have to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. They spend all day doing that, turning on MSNBC to be told somebody's a racist. and then they go home at the end of the day when the TV shows are over, they walk up the stairs to their junky-filled stairway, or in the rich case, they you know go up a fancy elevator. And they fill up their bathtub, stick their head in and scream. Rawr! That's them. Listen to Michael Beschloss explaining that Rick DeSantis, not Ron DeSantis, calls him Rick DeSantis, is turning Florida into 1930s Italy's a mini Mussolini. Clip 10.
2: People who try to get a nomination in parties, you know, do it by trying to appeal to what they think will work. Well, look what Rick DeSantis has done in Florida. He was known as sort of a nondescript uh, political leader, member of Congress. Suddenly, he really has tried to turn himself into sort of a local Mussolini in Florida with the book banding and the brutal tactics. And even this week, this suggestion that bloggers have to register with the state, for the honor of writing about the governor and other, other political leaders. We have to call this what this is. This is fascism and authoritarianism that goes even beyond what Trump has talked about. That's what he thinks is going to work in that party. And in a way, that's the scariest thing of all.
5: Oh, Lordy Lord, he's despot.
2: <laughs>
5: it's
3: fascism. It's authoritarianism. That is a fact-check false. But you understand this is what they've resorted to already. Like, DeSantis isn't in the race yet, and he's Mussolini, which means we're, like, literally, like, two months away from him being Hitler.
2: He knows what he's talking about. That's
3: the granddaddy. You know, they say you don't open with your closer in comedy. You don't ever open with, like, your biggest, craziest joke because you won't follow it the rest of the way. Well, for Democrats, Hitler's always the closer. So you can mark this day down. Okay, we are talking March the 7th, 2023. Michael Beschloss has established that Rick DeSantis is Mussolini. Okay, we are two months away. You mark my words, I'll be sitting here playing you a clip of him saying it's actually what's actually Hitler. This has moved its way up to Hitler because you got it. That's what you do. That's how you know you're making it as a conservative. That's how you know you're a threat to the Democrats. Okay, is when they start calling you Hitler. You know, like in the 80s. You knew you made it as a band if Weird Al Yankovic parodied your song? You're like, wow, we're a big deal if there's enough people out there that know about us that Weird Al can parody us. That's a Republican. Okay, you don't like this type of language, but when someone calls you a Republican Hitler on TV, you're like,
5: Because well,
3: you know you made it, girl. You are prominent. You are in the news. You are a threat to their very
2: political well-being.
4: And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit.
2: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
8: It's like, it's it's a game changer.
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Broadcasting live as we do from Fox News headquarters in New York City. World's on fire. We're just roasting radio marshmallows. Trying to keep the mood light. Everybody's, you know, everybody's fired up right now. You look out at the state of things in this country. I'm as mad as hell,
2: and I'm not going to take this anymore!
3: Well, I did get a laugh yesterday. Here was Pete Booty Judge. He was doing an event with Hillary Clinton. And, uh... He called her a trailblazer (laughs) after she called him a trailblazer. Uh, Neither one of them wanted to blaze a trail to the Midwest. She wouldn't go to Wisconsin, cost of the 2016 election. And of course, it took Donald Trump going to East Palestine to get Pete Booty Judge to actually. Stop filming fake climate change videos and pretending to breastfeed babies. Pete Booty judges pathetic. But here he is calling Hillary a trailblazer, clip 12.
9: Yeah, I mean, again, I'm, I'm humbled to have a word like trailblazer used when I'm sitting next to you and knowing all the cracks you put in that glass ceiling.
3: You don't have a clue. <laughs> the only place she blazed the trail was down to Hooters to get Bill out a happy hour. I believe...
6: That together we can make America great again.
3: But she's out there. Why? Because she's trying to keep her name relevant in the media because she knows there's a really good chance Biden isn't going to run. Which means Hillary could get back into this and give it a third shot at the White House that would undoubtedly end with her once again howling at the moon.
2: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, there he is,
3: back in action. Big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. We are going to be joined in this hour by outnumbered co-host and human happy hour, Emily Campagno, who will be right here in the studio just moments away. they do love emily uh in the fox in the fox world uh she's a good time gal uh very bright very sharp and uh you know she's a little tough on me uh but she'll be stopping by we're gonna talk crime uh we're gonna talk a lack of punishment we're gonna get into this insane debacle down in atlanta where 35 antifa protesters were arrested and detained for doing what? Attacking more police facilities. Guys, I gotta tell you this really quick. It's not political discussion we're about to have here. It's just a human common sense, basic, we're all in this together thing, okay? We need the cops, okay? There's no world where we can do this without the cops. That
6: is correct.
3: So understand, every one of these people that's out there just attacking cops for the sake of it, oh, they're racist, Does anybody have any data that tells us cops are racist? Put up or shut up. They can't. They can't do either. They can't put up because the stats do not support the fact that cops are killing, shooting, or detaining other ethnicities more than they are white people. That's number one. But number two, the cops in most major municipalities around the country are now minority-majority. So while Democrats like to attack the cops as this good old boy white guy network, okay, when you look across the country at major cities, the cop, the majority of these police forces are comprised of other ethnicities. Other ethnicities that have the same human needs as the white guys, okay? Because we're all the same thing. We're just people, man. Okay, and there are people who want to protect the community that are willing to risk their life to do so, that watched movies growing up as a kid and empathized and identified with the hero. But this anti-cop narrative, it's all emotion, and it's all garbage. You know the old adage, when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. Okay, when it comes to racist police, the people attacking them are always pounding the table.
2: You are correct, sir.
3: Why? Because they don't have any facts. That's where we're at on this. So I want to talk about this really quick. Okay, let get some takes. Here's Atlanta's police Leaf Chief, uh, Darren Sheerbaum. If you're listening on Extra 106, I know you're more familiar with the story than we are because we did not dive into it yesterday. We had a little bit of a track meet on the show, but we love the station. We love the area. I look like I get paid in Waffle House. What kind of friend would I be if we didn't dive in on this? But let's talk about the Atlanta Police Chief kind of summing up what went on down in Atlanta, Clip 18.
6: Uh, A group of individuals that had previously been attending an event uh, not too far from the new site of the Public Safety Training Center uh, left that location and moved uh, toward the training center site, uh, armed with fireworks, uh, rocks, Votov cocktails, and other devices, and launched a coordinated criminal attack against officers uh, that were at that location. Uh, The officers adjusted quickly to ensure their safety, uh, held the position until uh, additional officers arrived from DeKalb County from the Georgia State Patrol, and then moved back in to make arrests into, into the area.
3: Okay.
5: What in the wide, wide world of sports is
6: going
3: on here? I'll explain it to you. Okay. So Sunday night, they've got protests of a planned training facility for cops in the city. So they're over there putting together what will ultimately become, you know, like a, another police academy for all intents and purposes in terms of what they're going to do there. And at a time when they're telling us police are racist, police are using excess force, you know, police don't know how to interact with the public. They're now trying to burn down the very facility that would give police more training. That's stupid.
5: Use your common
3: sense. You have to understand, just so you get it, okay? The people waging war on the police don't care about the toxic effect it has on society. This is not about making black people safer. This is about using this line of attack for the political leverage it brings them. Vote for us. We hate the cops. The cops are racist. So if you vote for the other guys, okay, you're endorsing racism. That's how we got to the place where politicians were openly calling to de fund the police.
6: Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the
1: um, investment in our communities which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew.
8: Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets.
5: Defund the police does not mean abolish the police. It means a dramatic reduction in the number of police in our poor communities. I am for defunding the police. Look, the reality is, we can't rely upon the
1: police to provide public safety.
0: It's a moment to reimagine policing, to take things off the shoulders. and What we also want is a reconception of how we
5: achieve public safety.
1: How do we take out many of the responsibilities that police officers are now dealing with by investing more into housing, into education, into these other things? You know, in in many cities in America, over one-third of their city budget goes to police. So we have to have this conversation.
8: What are we doing?
2: I'm surrounded
3: Now, understand, every one of those people you heard talking on this montage... Reduce the cops. Defund the cops. What are we even paying for? Let's have this conversation. The cops are terrible. Do you know what every one of those people has in common? They all walk around with their own private police detail. Cori Bush, who led off the montage, famously spent years calling to defund the police as the murder rate in her home district soared 43 percent. Cori Bush, the woman advocating for less cops, defunding them entirely, got caught doing what? Walking around with a quarter of a million dollar a year police security detail. Her response
5: I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to to allow that. So if I end up spending $200,000, if I spend $10 10, 10 more on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. What would you do with the brain if you had
3: one? I mean, seriously. You're trying to save lives? I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Okay, lives have been killed. At a higher rate, the black murder rate is up 35% since the summer of 2020, since people waged a rhetorical war on the cops, furthered the divide between cops and the communities they're sworn to protect. And the people like Cori Bush who say, well, we can't have cops because we're trying to save lives. Cops are just riding around killing people. So then why the hell do you have cops protecting you? Aren't you concerned that they're just going to randomly kill you because you're a black woman? I think he's got a point. Yeah, the point is every one of these Democrats is full of. And understand what went down. Okay, this it was a 90 million dollar training complex. Okay, it's called a cop city, essentially. And. People have hated it since the Atlanta City Council approved it in June of 2021. The environmentalists hated it. It's like, God's oh, bad for the environment. And the anti-cop people hated it because they're absolute morons. Okay, just straight, absolute idiots.
5: I'm telling you, that boy's a genius.
3: There's, no, there's no nice way to say it. Okay, if you want to defund the police, you are weapons-grade stupid. But understand, amongst the people arrested was a lawyer for the Southern Poverty Law Center. Okay, why is this worth mentioning? Because the Southern Poverty Law Center is that Democratic-funded, supposedly nonpartisan— Come on, don't bullsh** me. They're nonpartisan. Their job is to identify racism and threats and things going on. And basically what they're doing is saying anyone who doesn't agree with the democratic policy is a you know, member of the Klan. That's what the Southern Poverty Law Center is there to do. Cops are racist. America's racist. Systemic racism. It's so bad. When is it ever going to end? You know, that whole thing.
4: Please give us money.
3: That's all they really mean. Oh, you, know, you don't understand. The cops are so red. They're bad. Please give us money. That's all it is. And there are plenty of Democrats out there that will. Pay up, suckers. But you understand... When you go attack a police facility, as these idiots did down in Atlanta, okay, number one, you're an animal. You have no business in polite society just randomly ransacking things. That's not, you're, you're not entitled to that. We don't owe you that as a society. Oh, they're stupid people that want to wreck stuff. Okay, let them in because you know what it says in the Constitution. No, it doesn't say anything in the Constitution. You have the right to peaceful assembly. When you're burning down a police station, that in itself is making a case for more police so we can arrest the criminals like yourself. I'm just telling you this is very simple. If you care about society, you don't have to be Republican. You don't have to be—it doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm not here to win elections. Okay, my team is America, and America sucks right now. You want to turn it around? Start with a very basic thing that we all knew growing up. Okay, cops, cops deserve more empathy than criminals do. It's very simple. I'm almost embarrassed to have to say it. But it's now a controversial point in some circles. Not because of data that shows the cops are worse than the criminals, of course not. But because of idiots that get rich off telling you the cops are a bunch of racists. You understand, when you were growing up, you were a kid, you played cops and robbers. Okay, maybe some of you liked to be robbers because you wanted to get chased. But it was an understanding that the cops were the good guys. Now there is a percentage of people in society who want you to believe otherwise. Some of them are grifters, I'm not going to lie, but there are a lot of people out there that are too stupid to know any better, and it's the biggest issue facing us right now. We don't have a crime problem. We have a stupid problem. Stupid people voted for stupid people who got into office— And now are trying to hold on to political power by telling you that the cops are a systemic threat to the well-being of the black community. Do you know what the number one cause of death for a black man in America is? Another black man. And it's not because he's got a badge on. It's not because the cops are racist. It's because black lives don't matter to Democrats. The only thing they care about is black votes.
4: Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid
0: ideas.
2: You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as standard and poor. I
0: would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not
2: nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest. I would normally give her some type of a pithy cheap shot intro, but she gave me such a good sandwich recommendation out in Seattle. I have no choice but to bring her on to some type of a, a, applause or uh, Emily Campagno's here. <laughs> there it is. As you know, food the way to my heart. And uh, I was out in Seattle last week doing stand-up, the Federal Way Performing Arts Center. Hey, girl. Very nice, by the way.
8: Yo, Paseo's amazing. Let the record reflect, ladies and gentlemen.
3: That was the gentlemen.
8: place, by the way, Paseo. Yep, that the applause was for the food. The applause oh, yeah, yeah. is not for me. No! God, I get no. I get a meatball in the face. I no. get slapped with a salami
3: We actually do. Sandwich. We do. You can't do that on television with you. We <laughs> dump green slime <laughs> on her like it's Nickelodeon in 1987. <laughs> but the sandwich recommendation, just really quick. Paseo, if you're listening. I mean, take a bow. Yo. It was, a, it was, it was basically it was like Cuban cuisine.
8: Yep. It's amazing. And you were right on First Street. Yep. So basically, everybody, I get this text from Jimmy, and he's like, I'm in Seattle, food wrecks. And I'm like, say no more. Assignment understood. Uh-huh. And on the avenue that he was driving on at the time, it's this amazing, you know, sort of nondescript looking, essentially dive yeah. sort of sandwich Place, uh-huh. um, but that people like pilgrimage to, and it was because you were on. Were you on first near yes. there, or did you yeah. have to go down? No,
3: no, I was neither. Yeah, and it was and right it's, by like by the, the best. Where the stadiums, stadiums are? No, no, oh, it was amazing. a pound for pound yeah. the the best sandwich I've ever eaten, and I had roasted corn. <laughs> it was glorious. But Dude. you know how much that means to me. Like on the road, it's all. It's the only meal. I. It was so good that I didn't eat a second meal that day. Like I did a show that night, did yes. a two hour meet and greet, and I just wanted to honor. The accomplishment of Paseo and not like denigrate it by mixing in some other cuisine. Didn't deserve to be on the same stage.
8: I appreciate this so much because coming from a New Yorker, Mm -hmm. it's like those of us on the West Coast, we know this, but to have you like um, agree with it, validate. There's so
3: many candidates. The race hasn't even started in 2024. I've already cast my lot behind Paseo. (laughs) Here we are. Uh, But Emily Campagna is in studio, not to give sandwich recommendations, unfortunately. Um, and I'm, I got to be honest, though, there is this part of me that's relieved because I was so concerned to be sent into a place by you and find out you had like an $1,100 bar tab that was outstanding. <laughs> was Are like, you friends with know. Emily? Yeah. Oh, we got something for her. Wait, Campagna? <laughs> yeah, I got your sandwich right here. I'm washing dishes for two hours, but it didn't work out that way. So thank you for real. Um, no cheap shots today. You have a fantastic new podcast out. Uh, we have a new episode dropping today because it's Tuesday. Do we not?
8: We What's do- going on on the pod? we do and it it dropped earlier this morning and it's one of the episodes where it might be a case that you've you've likely heard of and you might think you know the story but what sets this episode apart is the who tells the story to us mm-hmm. so it's the Kidnapping and murder of 12-year-old Polly Class um, from Petaluma, California in 1993. Mm -hmm. My guest is the FBI lead investigator, Eddie Fryer, who tells the story from start to finish. And not only was he the lead investigator of the kidnapping and through the murder and recovery of her body, but he also sat with the prosecution team and was a part of that prosecution for the subsequent three-year murder and capital punishment trial. So this gentleman is the um, he has a servant's heart and he There is no one that has the perspective he does. He is still good friends with Polly's father to this day, um, and he has just this unrivaled, behind-the-scenes perspective. We had a very emotional, gripping, compelling story about what actually happened Mm -hmm. in those 60 days and then the three-year trial subsequently.
3: Wow, heavy stuff. And you can download that now everywhere you get your pods. It's, you know, anywhere. Anywhere you want to go, iTunes, Spotify, there's so many apps now, Em.
8: Everywhere, and you can go. So if you go to my Instagram at real Emily Campagno at the top in my bio, it has the link is right there. So you can click on it. It, it brings uh-huh. you to everything immediately. All kinds of.
3: And that's right in your bio.
8: Right in my bio. So I don't
3: know that because I have you blocked. <laughs> but I'm I'm sure it's wonderful. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, we needed one cheap shot. I mean, were I mean, we really going to do a radio? Who interview? would we be
8: if we didn't have that? Can People want to recognize us. So can
3: I tell you, I was on stage in Seattle Friday night. And uh, you know, I was doing a Q and A, and you always come up all the time. But I, I had brought up what? the fact that the only meal I had eaten that day was a recommendation by you, and they cheered and cheered. Really? And then I, yes. And then I, but then I told them I went to Paseo, and they cheered and cheered. Oh my gosh! And then I told them how many expletives were in your <laughs> <laughs> text message because <laughs> no one believes it. I'm like the amount of times I get called a fat f. <laughs> By Emily Campagno. I'm like, but folks, this is how passionate I am about food. I'm immune to that line of questioning, and I still took the recommendation.
8: You know what I hate about you mm-hmm. is that because this is your show, mm-hmm. you get to come across as the big, fat saint. But you guys, <laughs> the I, big should, fat saint. I should read to you what Jimmy texts me, what Jimmy says to me.
3: Oh, well, you can't. You couldn't, I mean, you couldn't read it to them if we were in a prison mixer.
8: The only, the only skin thicker than, than what I have on for Needed with Text Threads. For you is, I guess, what you have on, or is that the fat layer? Listen, behind? the
3: point is, there's a new podcast out, <laughs> and you took time out of your busy schedule of day drinking at the Elgin across the street <laughs> to come by and promote it, and we thank you for that. I thank you. Everyone, go download it. She says she's on Instagram. I wouldn't even know, but I'm sure it's fabulous <laughs> at Real Emily Campagno
5: uh, Get her out! Get her out of here!
3: Gosh, give Emily Campagna one compliment on the show. She won't leave the studio. Oh, shut up, woman. Nah, she's the best. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Emily was stopping by to promote her podcast. It comes out every Tuesday. It's the Fox News True Crime Podcast. It is a winner, and Emily is one of the most brilliant legal minds of our time. You know, she has such a storied career before coming here to Fox News. And uh, the pod is, it's so fascinating to me to talk to her about old crime at a time when you can juxtapose, you know, this societal, you know, drive to solve old crimes versus what we have now, which is, you know, at our core, most of us want to see people held accountable for the crimes they commit. But in Washington, D.C., we have people with more empathy for the criminals than they do the cops.
5: That's not right.
3: Okay, the idea that Antifa is still walking free anywhere in polite society is an embarrassment to this country. Like, understand what went on down in Georgia. Okay, you got dozens of people arrested. I believe the number is two of them that are actually from the state of Georgia, meaning these are, for all intents and purposes, funded professional agitators that come to a town and wreck the place, trash the place, cause damage, try to drive a political narrative. Okay, and again, everybody has the right to peaceful assembly in this country. But this idea that we've gotten to this other place where we've got to look the other way on rioting. You know, where I was in Seattle, they had a pretend country two summers ago called Chaz. They burnt down a police station. Think about that. And we were told, "Oh, you don't arrest these people. Come on, there's a guy who's walking around the Capitol with a Chewbacca bikini. (laughs) That's the guy you arrest. I want him in jail for five years. Come on. Don't worry about the guy burning down the police station. You now, time was he could burn down a police station. What's going on in this country? This idea that we're now like on one side of the political aisle to say, well, people are upset. We're going to let them wreck stuff. Wait, what? That was never supposed to be acceptable. It wasn't acceptable, law, you know, 20 years ago. And it's not acceptable now. The fact that people are willing to look the other way because it's happening on their side. Understand the message you sent to people who want to trash businesses and cities and wreck po- property in the summer of 2020. OK, in the summer of 2020, when you were witnessing what looked on a looked like a full on societal collapse. OK, they burnt down police stations in the near north of Minneapolis, burnt down police stations in Seattle, burnt courthouses out in Portland okay, trash stores, looted businesses. In the near north of Minneapolis, they burnt down a hundred black-owned businesses in the name of equality.
2: What the hell is the world coming
3: to? Think about that. Now you don't understand. A A riot is the language of the unheard. That's a Martin Luther King quote. But no one brought up Why these people felt unheard, meaning in every single city that got torched. Seattle, Portland, Baltimore, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Minneapolis. What do they all have in common? Every single one of them. They'd all been governed by Democrats for 50 years. Bingo, man, bingo. So if you're going to tell me a riot is the language of the unheard, fair. Okay, it would be wise if we were having an honest conversation to point out who's not hearing them. When you're right, you're right. and You're right. But these people in Antifa, do you understand, are white kids. They're rich white kids with blue hair and neck tattoos and face piercings, all things I have no issue with. But what I'm telling you is these are rich, entitled white kids that are trying to brand themselves as these punk rock voices of the oppressed. When they're not out there for oppression or some type of a societal balance, they're out there because they're a bunch of a-holes. That's what they're out there doing. I'm going to go wreck public property. The cops are racist. Really? Can we get any data that the cops are racist? Anybody have like a chart they could point to? Some type of list of police interactions and which races fared the best and fared... Do we ever get that? No. Okay? And these people aren't interested in that because the truth isn't their friend. Anarchy is their friend. That is their brand. You know, there were people that used to follow the Grateful Dead around the country. Now we have people that just follow protests around the country. Wow, they looted a Nike store. We haven't done that live since 2021, bro. Past the joint. They're chanting F the police, bro. We haven't done that in like six months, man. (laughs) So it's disgusting, but it's a lifestyle. Okay. And I'm telling you, if people cared, Antifa is a domestic terrorist organization. Yes, they are. Okay. And again, the people who stormed the Capitol should not have stormed the Capitol. I'm aware of this. But when you were watching, like, Tucker videos last night, what you come away from it thinking, if you're an objective observer, is there is a double standard when it comes to political violence. Okay, no one is making the point that these people had a right to be inside the Capitol and, in some instances, ransacking the Capitol. Yes, the majority of them were actually peaceful and they were walking around. But we also know there were a lot of terrible things going on. We also know there were a fair amount of feds in the crowd, but... Let's not let the facts get in the way of a good political protest here. Uh, But the point being is if you were an objective observer and you watch the summer of 2020 where $2 billion worth of property damage was done, 42 people were killed. Okay, police stations were burned to the ground. The White House was attacked so viciously that the president had to be put into a bunker underneath the White House by the Secret Service, derisively referred to as bunker boy by the left for the rest of his term. Okay, you understand that we looked the other way on something a lot more vicious than January 6th. And again, that doesn't make January 6th okay. That's just my way of saying to you, you lose a good faith engagement by a major percentage of the country who just want an honest conversation because they can tell they're not getting one. When you can storm the White House and no one says a word, but you can run into the Capitol and they want you to die in prison in solitary confinement. And when you see places like Atlanta getting the uprising that they did this weekend, when you look out at what went on in the summer of 2020 and a couple of intervening moments since then, you realize there's really not an appetite to prosecute left-wing political violence. How many pro-life centers have been attacked? How many arrests have been made? Have we made a bunch of arrests and attack on all of these pro-life centers? The answer would be no. And Merrick Garland testified to as much last week when he was on the Hill. Okay, you can't you can't mess with a Democratic politician and that's fine. You shouldn't. Okay, I'm not saying you should. But the fact remains, if you want to harass a conservative Supreme Court justice, you want to attack a pro-life center, you want to throw rocks at the White House if there's a Republican inside. Ain't nobody got time for that. You're going to jail, girlfriend. You are going to jail. You know what I'm saying? Excuse me. You're off the hook. You attack a Democrat, you got a big problem. Antifa, the reason they're allowed to continue to exist is because they're doing the bidding of Democrats. Greg is in Oklahoma City. Yo, Greg. Jimmy. My man. You
6: are the man. Okay, so regarding these protester arrests in Atlanta and then looking back on all of the riots that BLM perpetrated on this country— Um, So we're to understand that all these protesters just magically coalesced from different states in Atlanta at the same place at the same time. Mm -hmm. No, this is organized crime. These people are communicating and coordinating criminal events. They're traveling from other states for the specific purpose of committing crimes, therefore crossing state lines. Those are federal Mm charges. Then RICO applies. What what that does is allow – You know, Department of Justice to have more of an impact, and it strengthens the legal tools to gather evidence and take down the control mechanisms of the group. Mm -hmm. So, where's the DOJ? The DOJ, if they, so if you're law enforcement in Atlanta, what you need to do is force this case in front of a federal prosecutor and force them to decline these charges, and then we'll all see that it lies at their feet. And they, Merrick Garland, is saying one thing and doing another. It's, It's biased.
3: You know what? I'll tell you what's – he is biased. I'll tell you what's, like, really frustrating because I I pay attention to this every day as I know you do. Politics are are in such a dumb place right now that – There is no collective moment where we'll all know, where we'll all accept, because for some people, it's as simple as just saying, oh, that's Antifa. That's like a right wing thing. And that's the justification for them to tune out and move on. What I've really learned in like the last few years of doing this show, man, is most people don't want to think critically for three seconds if they can avoid doing so. Oh, the government wants us to do this. Okay, we'll do it. You know, Republicans say the government's wrong. Well, then I'm doing it because I hate Republicans. And it goes the other way in both parties. But essentially what's happened is we've gotten so dumb as a society. Like the smartphone has made everybody so stupid and lazy that no one is actually thinking about their own self-interest or the self-interest of the country. They're really just thinking about, well, my brand is Democrat. I want to beat Republicans. So they don't care. Like the thing about Antifa is – They they have no business being in polite society, but there's a huge faction of the country that doesn't even believe they're a thing. They just believe it's like a Republican made up talking point. That's like my biggest frustration. But everything you said is right. Okay, the Fed should have to speak to the fact that these people have been allowed to exist. Do you remember when Jerry Nadler said it was a myth? It was made up. He's like, yeah, it's not a real thing. I mean, the only thing that's a myth in Jerry Nadler's eyes is the invention of the treadmill because he's clearly not using it. But my Clear, clearly,
6: clearly, the people of this country need to reevaluate yes. the, their sources of authority.
3: Yes, no, there's no question there. But I mean, when you were a kid, did you ever play cops and robbers in the backyard? All the time. Yeah. Did it? Was there any world where anybody pretended the robbers were the good guys? No. It's so mind-blowingly stupid. Like it's – and again, you know I don't come into this with like a huge educational background, but even my my brain is like – it hurts when I'm sitting here discussing this stuff every day because I'm like, who are these idiots? They're like, no, no, we got to let the criminals out. Like in what world does that end good? Nuts. Yeah, cri- critical reading,
6: critical thinking is just – not, it takes extra effort, and nobody seems to want
3: to do that. Today. Nope. It's, it's true. Listen, honestly, I, I love talking to you, but if we don't get off the phone, I'm going to be drinking by the end of the show. I can't do that. I'll get fired. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, good Cheers. luck. Give my best to Bricktown. I'll see you soon, man. There he goes, the great Greg. I, seriously, I'm sitting here talking to him. It's that basic analogy. It it keeps coming back to me. When I was a little kid, we loved Cops and Robbers. We played two games, two pretend games, Cops and Robbers, and we would play Cowboys and Elizabeth Warrens. Those are the two games we played in the backyard, Cops and Robbers and Cowboys and Elizabeth Warrens. You'd hang out, Pocahontas, and we'd hang out. And uh, never, in a million years, in a billion years, did anyone even remotely pretend the cops were the bad guys? Never. Okay, and it's not to say we didn't know there were bad cops. Okay, I drove a cab for a long time. I got pulled over a lot of, from, by a lot of cops. I have a lot of cops in my family. Okay, I pay attention to the news. I know they're out there, but the vast, 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 vast majority of police are doing the most important and primal job in our society. And when you have professionally funded groups like Antifa that travel the country for the sole purpose of burning stuff down that belongs to the cops, waging war rhetorically and physically against police and their facilities, it is in the best interests of every single American to call for their removal from the streets. It can't go on, man. And again, I'm not saying that as a Republican. I'm saying that to you as an American. We all live in this country together. One of us doesn't get a free pass. You know, why do you think people are moving out of liberal cities? It's not because they suddenly turned Republican. It's because they've realized they've been failed by the things they voted for. Hey, the taxes are really high. But you know what's even higher than that? The crime. Who the hell wants to pay more to get mugged more? Not me. I'm heading to Florida. And that's how it works. That's why they're leaving California. That's why they're leaving New York. They don't feel safe. You want to pay extra to not feel safe? Like what what are we talking about here? And that's the bigger issue in our society right now is the people from these states like New York and California that are professional agitators. Will go to a state like Georgia. Okay? Show up, make a couple of bucks, trash the place, do their drugs. Say all the cops are pigs. Eh, go home, do it in the next city. But the point is, if you're like someone raising a child, just living a life, just wanting to live in a world where there's, you know, a clear understanding of the difference between good and evil, it starts with a very simple premise. Okay. When you were a little kid and you played cops and robbers, every kid in the yard, every kid in the lot, every kid on the street knew the cops were the good guys. Now, there are people that would tell you something's changed over the years. And uh, cops are, it's not so simple now. Okay, do those people have any data to show that the cops have suddenly become the bad guys? The answer would be no. No it's just a lot of people out there trying to get votes off of it, trying to get money off of it, trying to get a professional anarchy off of it that'll tell you the cops are the bad guys. When you're playing cops and robbers, well, you know, you might want to jail the robbers because the cops are the real criminals. That's what they'll tell you. Democrats are so full of crap. They really are, and it's getting people killed.
2: The critics have spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing here on the radio. Sadly, two Americans that were kidnapped by the Mexican drug cartels yesterday. Two of the four who were kidnapped have been found dead. Bill Barr, former attorney general, weighed in on Jesse Waters' prime time. Here it is, clip 31.
0: I think we we have to deal with this group like we dealt with ISIS. We have to use every tool. We have to use economic. We have to use uh, intelligence assets, military assets, and law enforcement. And we have to methodically dismantle these groups. And we have to tell the Mexicans they're either coming along with us for the ride uh, or step aside. We're going to do it by ourselves.
3: Okay, that is former Attorney General Bill Barr. And, you know, regardless of whether we're taking an ISIS approach – to going in and waging war on the cartels who are as armed and as insulated and intertwined with the Mexican government as perhaps Mexico's own military, Um, there's this other reality. The cartels are stronger than ever, and they're more flush with money and influence and power than ever. Why? Because we have given away operational control to entire sectors of our southern border – Under this president, okay? And understand that's a big problem. The reason the remain in Mexico policy was so helpful to us at the southern border is because the cartels weren't able to assure people that if they got caught on American soil, they'd make it into the country. Remain in Mexico used to mean, oh, you're coming here for asylum? Okay, well, if you get caught at the border, we make you remain in Mexico until your asylum case is granted. Could take two years, could take three years, but you don't get in right away. Okay, when the policy became anybody we apprehend gets processed and let in, that allowed the cartels to start charging people for safe passage into the country. Now, it wasn't safe by you or me standards. You might get sexually assaulted or beat up along the way. You might ultimately get killed if you didn't pay their bounty. But the fact remains, okay, literally millions of people have come here under cartel oversight and paid the money to do so because they wanted a part of our freedoms in this country. And lo and behold, that has made the cartels more money than the good lord above.
2: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, well,
3: well, would you look who's back in action? It's your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy! Jimmy! Big hour coming up. We got Andy Biggs. Superstar representative from the Fighting Fifth Congressional District of Arizona. He's going to stop by to weigh in on what I have to, pound for pound, might be the dumbest thing I've read in a newspaper all year long. And I got to, you know, in that terms of that stampede of stupidity, it's a pretty competitive field at the starting gate. But uh, there is an article in the Washington Post today that we're just going to dive right into. If you want to weigh in, you're welcome to. It's 888-788-788. Nine nine one zero. Uh, but if you could be so kind as to give me the floor for a few minutes here, I'd like to kind of hog. I'd like to hog the microphone for a minute. Uh, there's a story out today, and it really takes me back to Atlanta, Georgia, and the summer, the Major League All Star Game in the summer of 2021. Now, why was that significant? Because back in January of 2021, Joe Biden had just been sworn in as the president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And shortly after being sworn in as the president, there was a lot of unrest in our country about election integrity. Rightfully so. Okay, there were a lot of people on the right that didn't trust the legitimacy of the 2020 election, partly because they were being told so by Trump but mostly because the Democrats had demonstrated in the four years of Trump's presidency that nothing was beneath them when it came to stopping Trump from being in office. Okay? Every single Democrat that goes on TV— Chuck Schumer was on TV today yelling and screaming about Tucker Carlson showing January 6 video last night. And Chuck Schumer said what? Well, when people lose faith in our democracy, when they question the legitimacy of our elections— then that's the beginning of the end of our democracy. Chuck
4: Schumer is a clown.
3: Because if Chuck Schumer was concerned about people questioning the legitimacy of our election, if that made them all insurrectionists, he'd probably have some pretty strong language for these Democrats.
7: As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee and you can have the election stolen from you.
0: Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president?
5: I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president.
7: I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show That Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So
2: do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president?
7: Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. (laughs) (laughs) Trump knows he's an illegitimate
4: president who got illegitimate foreign (laughs) help. I mean, come on, man. This is total crap.
3: Really think about that. So that's every prominent Democrat telling you the 2016 election was stolen. But when Trump turned around in 2020 and said his election was stolen, they were like, oh, hell no. You can't say no election is stolen. It's a threat to our democracy. But understand, if you're an objective observer, you what would the difference be between Trump saying it was stolen and the Democrats saying it was stolen? Because to be clear, you go, oh, well, you know, Trump said the voting machines were no good.
0: Oh, really? I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable.
1: In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The
6: biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software which would make a machine like that You know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These
0: voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You
4: could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things. But in fact, three companies are controlling this.
1: There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines,
4: right, which are vulnerable to being hacked.
0: Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine.
6: It was possible to switch votes. Forty three percent of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors.
3: We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know the hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly.
8: I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines. Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states.
4: Kamala is a lying sociopath, fact checked.
3: So stick with me, because that's the Democrats telling you not only was 2016 stolen, but the machines were hacked. Does that sound familiar? Wow, that's interesting. So do you understand that in the summer of 2021, Georgia, recognizing that we had serious problems with election integrity, Georgia went out and passed an election integrity law that required everybody to submit a voter ID. Why did they do this? Because they were preemptively heading off a major liability for the well-being of our democracy, which is the last two parties to lose a presidential election claimed it was stolen. These are facts. Trump claimed it was stolen. The Democrats in 2016 claimed it was stolen. I mean, if you want to get technical, the Democrats in 2004, when Bush beat Kerry, claimed it was stolen. If you want to get technical even more, the Democrats, when Bush beat Al Gore in 2000, claimed it was stolen. So technically speaking, okay, we have had four since the year 2000, four allegations of stolen elections, three of them from the Democrats, one of them from Donald Trump. Democrats are so full of crap. Maybe so. But the point is, Georgia, recognizing that we're not on a sustainable path, wanted to shore up its election integrity issues. So they passed a voter ID law that required everybody to get out and vote. They eliminated, in some places, 24 hour drop boxes where anyone could drive up, leave a ballot in a box even though there was a lower threshold for signature verification and have their vote counted. Georgia did things that would allow people to believe in the integrity of their vote count. They were rewarded for Joe Biden saying it was Jim Crow on steroids to ask someone to show an I.D.
2: This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia and 40
3: other states. Jim Crow on steroids, with the belief being what? Well, you can't ask black people to show an I.D. That's worse than Jim Crow when they beat people up with dogs and mobs and burnt down their houses and charged them poll taxes, literacy clauses, and physically denied them the right to vote through violence. Joe Biden said with a straight face it was Jim Crow on steroids. I mean, really think of that.
1: That is balderdash and hogwash and mm mm-hmm.
3: But using that basis of attack against Georgia's voter ID law, they pressured Major League Baseball to move its All-Star game out of the state of Georgia. Now, the Major League All-Star game is $100 million in commerce in Atlanta, a city that is the second biggest black metropolitan area in America, Atlanta. They took a black community— under the false pretense of Jim Crow voter suppression, and moved $100 million out of Atlanta into Denver, a city that was 9% black, run by Democrats. Now, understand they did this with no regard for the insane hypocrisy behind criticizing a voter ID law. Coca Cola criticized the law, pressured Major League Baseball. What does Coca Cola sell? Alcohol. What do you need to buy alcohol? An ID. Bingo. Airlines got involved. Oh, you can't ask for a voter ID. What do you need to board a plane? An ID. Bingo. Okay. Democrats got involved. Same people that were going to mandate a vaccine. Well, asking for an ID is voter suppression. Well, you need an ID if you want to get a vaccine. So is that not vaccine suppression? I think he's got a point. The whole thing was a scam. Point being, they gaslit America over fake racism. And they moved a Major League Baseball game out of Atlanta, Georgia. Now, I bring this up. Why? Because there is an article in The Washington Post today, writer for The Washington Post, thinks baseball should try to screw Florida Governor Ron DeSantis over his policies. And they should move spring training out of the state of Florida.
4: It's people with a dirty mind that think like that.
3: You got 15 teams. Okay, 15 teams. That holds spring training in Florida. And what does that do for the local area? Brings in major commerce in terms of tourism, hotel revenue, restaurant revenue. If you know anything about baseball fans who go on spring training trips, brings in a good amount of strip club revenue.
5: Hubba, hubba.
3: But the point is, big money comes into the locale when there's a major league baseball team conducting its spring training events down there. But the Washington Post, okay, is asking... For Major League Baseball to step in, Kevin Blackstone, opinion writer, wrote a column: "Baseball can no longer ignore Ron DeSantis's culture wars." So what we're going to do? We're going to screw the people of Florida out of literally a hundred million dollars in revenue because the governor doesn't vote the way the Democrats do?
2: Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here.
3: He says Florida's showing a hostile approach to inclusiveness, which in some ways is being reconstituted by its current governor. And that's his take on the Parental Rights and Education Act that doesn't ban gay people. The Democrats called it, don't say gay. But what did it ultimately do without ever mentioning the word gay once in it's six pages? It said it was illegal to discuss sex ed, sexual identity, with kids between kindergarten and third grade. Something every parent in America should agree with. The overwhelming majority of them do. Okay, if someone wants to talk to your six-year-old about sex, they shouldn't be around a six-year-old. DeSantis taking a very common-sense approach. It's no differently than Brian Kemp in Georgia wanting voter ID. If someone thinks you shouldn't have to show an ID to vote, kind of, I don't know, creates the perception that they might want to cheat a little bit. I mean, imagine we're at the Olympics and we got one country going, drug testing, schmug testing. We don't need drug testing. What are you, crazy? We're not having that. That's Olympic surprise. You'd be like, oh, I get it. These guys are using steroids. Correct the mundo. Okay, but here is a guy calling as many liberals now will, for Major League Baseball to ultimately cut ties with another red state because they don't like their political views. Now, does this help any marginalized community? The answer would be no. No, not at all. Does it help any local mom-and-pop small business the Democrats purport to care about? The answer would be no. No, it's all about political power. But the reason I've devoted 19 minutes of this lackluster monologue to the opening of this hour is because the biggest casualty in all of this is baseball, okay? People go to sports because they're supposed to be one of the last sources of common culture in this country, a place where you can put your political differences aside and spend two or three hours drinking a $22 beer, eating an overpriced hot dog, and cheering for a ball game. But now they're trying to take our last bastion of escapism and turn it into another political battleground. And that's the biggest liability to this thought process of all. Okay, the truth has already been killed. It's a casualty. They gaslit Major League Baseball out of Georgia, took a hundred million bucks over to Denver and screwed the black community in Georgia. Now they're trying to screw all the communities in Florida. Okay? Yes, I hope they fail because it's a scam, it's political gaslighting, and it's economic havoc. on the lives of so many Americans that are getting crushed and I mean absolutely smoked under this administration. Biden is such a disaster for sure. But on the selfish superficial level, okay, the real reason I'm so worked up about it is because at some point we have to shut the f- about what we're doing in the sports. Okay, because the truth is no kid is on his way to a ball game right now with his dad driving and his mitt on. Saying, oh, I can't wait to find out who they're protesting today. Can't wait to know who they're mad at. Okay, if you want to help the country, every one of these sports should shut up and stay in their lane. I'm not denying you your right to speech as an American. I'm just telling you that since sports has gotten injected into the political battlefront, we're more divided than we've ever been. So there's no way you can look out at the world of sports activism and tell me the country's a better place.
2: Take me out to the ball game. Shout your politics loud. Boycott the peanuts and Cracker Jack. Cause the Democrats lie in smoke crack. So let's move, move, move out of Georgia. The Denver laws are the same. But it's one, two, three Biden lies at the All-Star
4: Game. Okay, one more time. Just the boys.
3: Whoops, just the theys. Don't want to get canceled.
2: Take me out to the ball game. Shout your politics loud. Boycott the peanuts and crash. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America.
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Andy Biggs coming up from the Fighting Fifth Congressional District of Arizona next. But against my better judgment, his opening act, Linda
1: from France. Linda! Hey, Jimmy. I always keep telling you, yes, I do live in France, but I'm actually Texan. I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas, lived there until I turned 40, and then I moved to France. So I'm more Texan than Somebody living in France.
3: Oh, is that true? That's exciting. I didn't. I didn't. I remember you mentioning that. I just didn't know what the divide was in terms of your American residency and your French residency.
1: I, I, I'm a four-generation Texan. Oh, is that? That's wild, <laughs> so, and
3: I didn't know that. So you speak Buckies and all of that stuff. All right, good to know.
1: Absolutely, I say y'all instead of you guys. I say fixin' and reckon and all those other words.
3: Well, that must go over big in Paris.
1: <laughs> pick, well, I don't live in Paris, but still. Okay.
3: All right. Still works for me. Um, let's have this talk, though, because I believe you got by our call screener. Uh, you're getting good, yep. Linda. Uh, and you were telling Mikey what? <laughs>
5: I know.
1: I know. Mikey's really great. Well, all right. So we've started finally coming out to go, all right, the Wuhan virus actually came from China. And now we're saying, all right, let's start holding the per- the, the country or the party actually responsible for the virus right mm-hmm. yep all right so my question is is that, that every single time a democrat sits there and calls everybody racist and they want these reparations i think what the re- republican party needs to do is go okay all right but let's start with the origin <laughs> let's go back to who started it who was the party and that did slavery who was the party of jim crow who was the party of segregation and i just don't understand why not enough of that is being done i wish i could remember the name of Uh, The congressman, it was an older guy Mm -hmm. that actually said the Democrat Party needs to change their name if we're going to deal with all this wokeism. Whoa. trying to topple all of these. um, I can't remember his name now. That's for
3: the best. We're going to commercial anyway. Go Google it. We can have this conversation another time. Linda, you did great. And you are right to say the Democrats, for better or for worse, I would argue for much, much worse, were the party of the Klan and Jim Crow. And they want to lecture you and me. Bunch of dopes. It is Fox Across America, your radio buddy Jimmy Thaler. If you pay attention to me, my TV schedule, some of my running mates here at Fox, then you probably know that Kennedy and myself are going to be appearing in Mesa, Arizona. On Saturday night, June the 10th, not terribly far from where this next guest represents the Fighting Fifth Congressional District. Who knows if he's going to show up? Uh, We'd be honored to have him. But joining us now to RSVP, yay or nay, Representative Andy Biggs back on the show. Hey, man.
9: Hey, it's great to be with you, Jimmy. You're going to be in Mesa.
3: True story.
9: Wow. Unfortunately, that's the day I'm getting my uh, back hair waxed. So I um, don't know if I can make that.
3: Uh. <laughs> Good for you, Biggs. Well, listen, just in case you plan on showing up, we have left your photo with security at all the potential entrances. We've informed the bouncers they're actually building a moat on the off chance that waxing gets done early. Um, will we enjoy a Saturday night in Mesa? Is that a win for the American people?
9: Oh if, yeah, if yeah you will. It, it, uh, it'll be warm. Yeah, it'll be it'll be warm, but uh, everybody will love having you. Oh, there you it go.
3: Will. All right, good. I'll tell Kennedy she's excited to go, and you know Kennedy's yeah. a big fan, a, a big bigs fan, as you know.
9: Yeah, um, I so, love Kennedy. Yeah.
3: yeah, we're mixing friends over here. Yeah, her and I are going on a tour of like ten cities this summer. Um, just you know, Saturday nights. Basically, we ran into trouble with our drinking tab here at Fox. <laughs> we've got to go we we got to settle this up they gave us till labor day weekend or we're out so we got to make some money you know what i'm saying
9: oh absolutely here's the problem for you not much drink, drinking going on, on in mesa on saturday nights i don't
3: think <laughs> is that what yeah it's a dry town is that what you're telling me <laughs> it
9: might be might be cool. at least at least in
3: my circle it is so well, there you go you're a model citizen biggs well i have been informed that another way to supplement my income would to be writing papers on behalf of Dr Fauci declaring that covid occurred naturally. Uh, have you looked into this lucrative market of employment? <laughs>
9: The only one making money on that is Dr. Fauci himself, my friend. Wow. He's the he's the only one. No uh, how how did that happen? I mean, uh, how did we move from from a uh, a pangolin is that what that is a yes. pangolin in a wet market to um, a, a leak uh, right there uh, from the Wuhan lab that uh, turns out looks like we we might have been funding gain of function research there. Yeah, and insane. thought you had no clue, no idea it could have come from there. Couldn't have come from there.
3: Under. Had to be from a wet market. No, brother. for sure. Arizona Representative Andy Biggs is on the line. Is it as simple as knowing that we were funding this sort of research, and they didn't want it getting out for the obvious backlash that would ensue? That that they, you know, does it read to you? I guess I'm asking, like they had a very simple motivation here in spreading this natural occurrence theory.
9: Yeah, I mean that's what I. In fact, uh, that's what I kind of guessed from the beginning. Is is we because believe it or not, nobody covered this, Jimmy, when 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 it was starting to break a long, long time ago. That it looks like we we were funneling money from National Institute of Health uh, through some uh, you know NGO or something yeah. to fund this research. We knew about it, but but the press didn't cover it. How come?
3: What a racket. Well, that's the you know, that's the part I think a lot of people find so infuriating, man, is it's common cause to know if China is screwing us over because if they're screwing us over, it it's not like it affects one party. It affects everybody, you know, but nobody really had that interest because I think obviously it being an election year, you know, I think history will show that the truth wasn't really as important as the political currency to be gained. You know, from saying, you know, Trump was being racist and they were mismanaging the pandemic and how dare we even look into this. But do you know I have montages, OK, that I play on the show? They're three minutes long of literally every media entity on Earth calling it the Wuhan Chinese coronavirus till they just stopped on a dime in May of 2020. And were like, hey, it's racist to say that. So. Right. I it's it's frustrating to me because I think we're living in a post common cause world meaning there was a time in this country where certain things were caused to band together you know I was in New York uh in the aftermath of 9/11 no one ran into the towers asking who you voted for they were just trying to help people but are we on on some level past common cause Yeah
9: you know, yeah I think so and I and I think the 9/11 uh, incident, that the terrorist attack, it wasn't just an incident, it was an attack on the United States of America. I think that was the last time I can remember, and that was the first time in quite some time, that we saw the country come together, mm. and now we have this. Uh, it's it's actually gone even worse, I'm afraid, Jimmy. It's 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 you know, hey, look, you know, I can't talk to you on the floor, Andy. Uh, you're a you're an insurrectionist, oh and uh, you know, I can't talk to you on the floor. Even though uh, would you sign on to my bill and support what I'm doing on the floor of, of the United <laughs> States Congress? That's kind of the, the attitude that you, that you see. I had. You get people pulling off, uh-huh. and and they'll, they'll, they they've signed on to every one of my bills and all this. Oh, Andy, you know you're you you believe in that conspiracy theory that somehow we were funding, gain of function research, and there was a COVID uh, lab leak from the Wuhan lab. Uh-huh. No, I can't I can't really
3: sign on. How, how do um, we, I mean? It's absurd. But let me ask you this: How do people reconcile the idea that if you raised questions about the 2020 election, you're the devil? But they openly declared that 2016 was stolen for four years. Does oh. any like how does that work? Uh,
9: well, in in the world of Never Neverland, that works perfectly because look, Jimmy, they're still talking about 2016 was stolen. That it, we never should have had Trump. Uh, you know, he yeah. was this uh, he was this guy. They, you know, and the Russians uh, uh, manipulated the election, and there was election fraud. How come how come you can say that when you lose, but you can't say it when, uh, you know, when your guy, loses? when you win, you can't say when your guy loses, you know?
3: Well, I think that's the double standard. I think that's why we have the issue that we do, you know, in this country with election integrity concerns in both sides uh, is, you know, I think the reason that, you know, Trump had the distrust that he did because the Democrats spent four years demonstrating that nothing was beneath them when it came to stopping him. And I think a lot of his supporters felt the same way. But it's fascinating because there's such a rhetorical war being waged on one side, like like you were just describing. Nobody wants to come talk to you to work on a bill. It's a scam. We're talking to Arizona Representative Andy Biggs, but I wanted to pivot really quick. Um, Jill Biden was responding to someone else who's running for president in 2024, Nikki Haley, who had requested that politicians over the age of 75 take a cognitive exam. Now, can you think of any reason why Jill Biden wouldn't want her husband to take a cognitive exam?
9: Yeah, uh, because uh because he's he's not cognate. <laughs> I, mean, he, he, I mean the re- the reality is if he doesn't realize he's over age 75. Um <laughs> he's forgotten that. And so you can't really get at it, but I I mean the the bottom line is this. They don't want this to get out. That he's taken it and failed. He may have already taken it, but the the White House physician, they're covering up for him. I believe that Um,
3: it's fascinating because they won't release, you know, pretty much any type of results on the exams he's had. And I just I think back to that time when Ronnie Jackson was now a congressman, was a White House doctor. Do you remember when Trump had his first physical and yep. the media was like they were literally like throwing tomatoes at the guy, like egging him at the podium? <laughs> he's like, Trump's healthy. They're like, no, he's not. You lie. It was Unbelievable. <laughs> I know,
9: and I and Ron, I know Ronnie pretty well. But but when, it, Ronnie's a straight shooter. But I mean, here's here's the thing: if you know Donald Trump, Donald Trump gets by in about four hours of sleep a night. That's all crazy. right, and it, he still goes out and golfs eighteen and all that stuff, and 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 he he doesn't forget names. He knows what's going on. Yeah. Joe Biden can't make it up the stairs to Air Force One. Joe Biden gets frozen he, the other day. I don't know if you saw this two or three times in the last week. He's literally been standing there. Not realizing where he is, and oh, we're yeah. saying, and I and I shouldn't laugh at this.
3: I know, but because, it's like a coping mechanism. You have to laugh because it's. What else do you do? You know.
9: Yeah, I, because they. They. That's right. Because they, they're lying to us. I guess we're laughing at the lie. Yeah,
3: the, that's what it
9: is. It, yeah, because the reality is the guy cannot run the country. He couldn't run a shoe shine shoe shine stand. I mean, that is just where where Joe Biden is today, um, and you know what? He's not running the country. It's it's. Uh, I think Dr. Jill that's why she doesn't want yeah, that's she, like she she likes her run power again. and then and then the cabinet guys and let's just hope that they haven't let Hunter into the uh, the Oh, oh man God. Biggs
3: come on is Did that I why go we're, there? Is that why we're going so soft <laughs> on the cartels because they're bringing in the they're bringing in the weekend party supplies is that what you're telling me Biggs come on it's so funny uh,
9: Oh man yeah he's he's he is He's a frequent flyer with the with the cartels, and so he's got extra points. Well, that, that's well
3: it's funny gonna... because there was a question asked yesterday. Kareem Jean-Pierre was asked why Biden isn't sanctioning any of Hunter's uh, oligarch business pals. And on some level, I think it's a fair question, knowing the amount of money that was made overseas in those countries. It's a really weird thing that's going on right now, Biggs, in that. Those questions, there's no intellectual curiosity out of the media. And this oh, is no. the this is the question I wanted to ask you, though, okay, because we saw this play out in New York. We had a governor, Andrew Cuomo, who was known and outed by his own top aide as falsifying nursing home deaths under his watch because he was negotiating a book deal in the summer of 2020. And the media – didn't call him out on any of that, knowingly played along with it. But the minute the election was over and they no longer needed a useful idiot, they kind of me-tooed Andrew Cuomo out of town. My question for you on – and one of the reasons they me-tooed him out of town is they didn't want to revisit the nursing home scandal, given that they had actively looked the other way. Do you think on some level they're looking for a better reason to get rid of Biden than what could be corruption on the part of his son, if only because they spent as much time as they did covering it up?
9: Yeah, I, I I think that's right. And 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 think of uh, think of the Watergate deal. So if if the shoe was on the other foot, um, Watergate, when you think about it, um, they say, oh, the cover up was the deal. You got some some guys for incompetence break into the Watergate hotel and get caught, mm-hmm. and, and Nixon lies about it. Okay, imagine how different that is then corruption, buying access to the Vice President of the United States and and maybe even to the President of the United States, not just from a, a, you know, a, a nation like Ukraine, which is considered the most corrupt on Earth, or, or even some Russian folks, who is number two on the corruption list. But how about China, which is effectively a Cold War enemy? Um, why? And the media has covered it up. The last thing in the world they want is for that to come out—that they were complicit in that. So yeah, so they would rather say, "Well, he's he's got to go. He's just he's reached the age, uh, you know, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to move along that way, or or find something else. They can't let they can't let it be corruption because if it's corruption, that is a the scandal of 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 the history of the United States Probably maybe the biggest scandal in the history of the US when you think about it wow,
3: that is crazy well we'll yet to see if this takes down president Jill Biden Uh, i guess we'll we'll find out uh but it is it's such it's such a wild time and i think again the reason we do laugh is for a lot of people it is a coping mechanism you take the power away from the insanity for a little while you know the world's on fire we're just roasting marshmallows um jimmy
9: though i mean they're trying to kill comedy too You, 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 you can't tell jokes i mean uh, I tell a joke and it's uh, maybe not as good as it should be. It's very funny. But but <laughs> then I, I've been hassled for a year over a joke that I made a year ago that was probably insensitive, I guess.
3: But... Whoa, bigs. Come on. Are you going to be in a if, if I would like write a book about cancel culture? Are you going to be in it?
9: No, I've been canceled so badly, I can't
3: even get into a book about canceled country. <laughs> You've been canceled from the cancel. Your yep. cancellation was canceled. That's on un- the <laughs> uh, That sounds like a Rodney Dangerfield joke. I'll tell you, i got no respect at all. You know, That's <laughs> funny. I went to a cancellation. It was canceled. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, it's so funny. Well, you're always welcome here. Uh, and uh, if that backwaxing <laughs> wraps up soon, we'll see you in Mesa, okay? You
9: bet. And look, let me tell you. The song's true. I got friends that's in low places, and that's why I feel so welcome with you, Jimmy. Thanks, man.
3: (laughs) There it is, the Garth Brooks of Congress. Take care, buddy. The great Andy Biggs back after this.
2: A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I
5: dropped my hot pocket.
2: This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're in the bottom of the ninth out here in New York City. But I will be leaving town again uh, in the month of April. You'll see me in Bend, Oregon. On Friday night, April the 7th, you'll see me in Boise, Idaho at the Egyptian Theater Saturday night, April the 8th. And I'll be in Jersey April 21st and 22nd at the Bananas Comedy Club in Bergen, New Jersey. And then I go on tour with Kennedy. It is the Laughs and Liberty Tour. It starts May 6th in Reading, Pennsylvania at the Santander Performing Arts Center. That is Saturday night, May the 6th, Jimmy and Kennedy. Then May the 20th, we're down in Clearwater, Florida, at the Billheimer Capitol Theater. Then we'll be at the Adler Theater in Davenport, Iowa, on June the 3rd. Hey, girl. Then we're heading out to the Mesa Arts Center on June the 10th. That is in Mesa, Arizona. And then June the 24th, the Lexington Opera House, Me and the K-Train. And then you'll see us in Michigan at the Holland Civic Center. Saturday night, July the 8th, then July the 29th, I'm flying solo. The St. Mary's Theater in St. Mary's, Ohio. Jenny Phelan's hometown. There it is. And uh, we're going to be adding more dates from there. Uh, I'm exhausted just talking about these dates. That's a lot of shows. Uh, But it's exciting. I can't wait to get out there and meet you guys. And I'm never exhausted when the show's over, the show's going on. Our crowds are amazing. I said this yesterday. I will say it again today. If you were in Seattle or Sacramento this past weekend, this is for you. (laughs) That was um, as much fun as I'll ever have doing stand-up. And it's really, it's crazy, but it's just gotten progressively better. Every week that I've gone on the road is like my career has grown a little bit, and I've gotten to know you guys a little bit better. Because I really did come back from Reno, like February 4th, with Lincoln. Lincoln did three shows with me in Reno. I was like, that was it was amazing. It's the best weekend of my life. And then I went to Fat Cats, and uh, we had such a great time in Utica, and Lincoln was there for that, and Jenny was there. And we were like, oh, that was amazing. What a great weekend. But then even this weekend, just the same. And, it, you know, I used to treat this like this was an anomaly. Like, oh, well, we just had a particularly good crowd this weekend. No, as it turns out, they're all awesome. And it's the one thing I wanted to point out really quick is the reason I always encourage you guys to go to these gigs. My job is the same. I'm going to be on stage for an hour, hour and a half telling jokes, taking questions. They're going to pay you. You're going to travel. You're going to eat some food. You're going to come home. It's great. But for all of you listening, there is this opportunity to show up and realize you belong to a really cool thing because the one point of pride I have in all of this touring I've done and shows we've sold out and stuff in between is that every single venue operator that I have ever played in the last two years is like, yo, I got to tell you, you have a really cool crowd. Yeah, yeah, some of them definitely uh, like their beer, not going to lie, but they're cool. There's no fights. There's no arguments. People tip well. They're nice to the staff. That's our crowd, people who get it, people who are in on the joke that they have a unique American privilege. Freedom! You appreciate it, you take advantage of it, and you know the difference between a joke and a hate crime. I promise you, there is nothing I have enjoyed more about my little career success of the past few years than the fact that it's been leveraged into these phenomenal stand-up experiences. You guys are world-class. But right now I'm not on stage doing comedy, but we can still give you a clip from one more comedian. I played this earlier in the show. It's only fair that we close on it. Kamala Harris making up a story about climate change and talking to her mom about conservatives being bad. It is clip 20.
1: I went home one day and I said, well, why are conservatives bad, mommy? Because I thought we were supposed to conserve (laughs) things. I couldn't reconcile it. Now I can. (laughs)
0: <laughs> have you ever had a checkup
3: she is uh good. shut up fool uh, really like kamala harris is weapons grade stupid okay there's articles making the rounds right now that michelle obama michelle obama's gonna she's gonna be your next president wrong michelle obama doesn't even want to run and even if she did she wouldn't win but i said it before and i'll say it again the reason they're out here telling you kamala harris you know If Biden doesn't run, we've heard of Hillary. We've heard of Gore. We've heard of Kerry. We've heard of Michelle Obama. These stories are going to continue because Kamala sucks.
4: And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong
8: or bullshit.